Welcome to the January 2nd Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10-11, through 11, and the sermon is entitled, The Journey for 2022, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. I remember the very first part of December, uh, I said, we have a great December coming, uh, and it came and it went just like that, didn't it? It's amazing how time flies. In fact, my father used to say, the older you get, the faster it goes. It, for those of you young, don't you laugh at that statement. You will find that it is true. Uh, it's amazing how quickly time goes. Here we stand today on the first Sunday of a new year, January 2nd. And that year is ahead of us. And we don't know exactly what this year holds, do we? We don't know exactly what's going to happen in our own personal lives and families this year. We don't know what the year holds, but we know who holds the year. We know that it is in the hand of God and we are going to follow him through this year. It's a blessing to me to be in this pulpit to welcome the 40th New Year. Uh, it's amazing to me. This year it will be changes for you and for me, but God Almighty is absolutely the leader of the journey. Amen? And he's going to take care of us. We want everything to be under his hand of blessing and leading and control through this year, 2022. You know, I heard a devotion from a veteran pastor several many years ago as a matter of fact and I shared uh, the devotion uh, centerpiece with you here at the church you might remember it but it was a number of years ago but where I am now today in age makes this devotional message a little closer to home for me uh, but as I think about this devotion this veteran pastor led it saying that basically our lives can be divided into four quarters the first quarter is 0 to 20 years, the years of our youth. The second quarter is 21 to 40 years, and they are the years of our strength as we raise children and pay mortgages and take care of life. 41 to 60 years old are the years of our establishment when our life has kind of come to the place where it's going to be in those years. And then 61 and beyond, 61 and beyond are the years of finishing the journey. And you need to work on finishing the journey well. Well, in stark reality, I am well into quarter number four right now. How did that happen? I get up and I look in the mirror and I say, how did that happen? But here I am, 65 years old, but... It's amazing to me what a blessed journey God has allowed Gwen and me to travel together. Uh, and certainly the centerpiece of our journey is Clifford Baptist Church. And let me say right now that in this year life is going to bring its changes. But there's no such word as quit. You know, Billy Graham has been often quoted as saying, if you can read the Bible through and through, cover to cover, you will never find the word retirement in the Bible. And that is true. We are to be serving the Lord from the strength of our life to the very last day of our earthly life. We're to be serving Him. There's no such thing as seeking out a, 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 a rocking chair and quitting and not doing any more for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not the case. Retirement is not in the Bible. So in the first Sunday of 2022, no matter your age today, so let me say, those of you who are young people here, those of you in your early years, don't say this is Mike's going to give an old, an old people sermon. That's not the case today. This is a message for every one of us. But let me ask this question. When we get to that last lap of life 
And when we look back on our life, what do you want to see? When you look back on the progress and the accomplishment of your life, what do you want to see? As we think about that, what's the produce, what's the accomplishment of our life that we want to see happen in our years on earth? And it's never too early in your life to think about that. You can't begin at the end. You have to begin at the beginning of your life. So that's thought for you right now. If you're in your teens or in your 20s or somewhere 30s to 40s, you need to begin thinking about that if you haven't done so already. You need to start about it, thinking on it now. There's a passage in 1 Peter. So if you want to flip over to 1 Peter in your New Testament, chapter 5, flip over there with me today. Let me give you a little background on 1 Peter. It's been a long time since I've preached in this book of the Bible. As the old apostle Peter is nearing the end of his life, he's in the last lap of his life. He writes a letter of encouragement to his beloved church. And he wants the church to hear these words as somewhat of a finality of work from him as he's in this last lap of life. The church needs to hear from him because the church is living in one of the greatest eras of persecution that has ever come to the world. So Peter is addressing a church that is persecuted, a church that is in hard times, a church that is not in a season of joy, but rather a season of trial. These Christians to whom Peter is writing is under fierce persecution because they had been falsely accused of burning the city of Rome. Now, principally, that took place in July A.D. 64. So we are in the 60s uh, of the first century. And in all actuality, the Christians had nothing to do with setting fires in Rome. The emperor Nero had done that in order to make room for his new building projects in the city. So he wanted to get rid of the old buildings in order to produce new buildings on those sites. But he couldn't take responsibility for setting fires and burning down his own city. And so he charged the Christians in Rome for burning down the city. They were the arsonists who had set those fires. And the church became the scapegoat to Nero's own crime. And they were hotly punished for what they had been accused of doing. They were running for their lives. In fact, in this day, the church was known as the diaspora, the church that was dispersed, the church that was on the run, the church that was scattered and broken apart because they were running for their lives under persecution. Families broken apart. The church not able to meet together freely. In that day, the church known as the diaspora was very, very hurting. And so Peter writes to them. And it's interesting, as Peter writes to them, his message is not, look at the circumstances, look at the world scene and, and concentrate on how the world has mistreated you. That's not his message at all to the church. But rather, Peter's message to the church is, stay strong, church. No matter what you're going through, keep the faith. No matter what you're going through, remember that you're a minister for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't hide in such a way that you are not a witness for the living Savior Jesus in your life. Even in persecution, take your stand for Him. 
So today, I want us to look at just a couple verses of Scripture as we set the tone for the year to come. 1 Peter chapter 5, I want you to look at verses 10 and 11. 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11. Hear these words as Peter writes to a church that is deeply persecuted. He says this to them, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, those two verses, just those two lines out of this entire letter say so much to a church that's on the run for its very life. Peter is saying this, after you've run the laps of living on this earth, church, after you've been through many of the trials and the challenges that you're facing right now, when you look back on it all, church, what should you see? When you look back on your ministry and back on your life and back on your congregation after you've been through this persecution, what should you see? And essentially, Peter says, when you get to the last laps, you should see that Jesus has grown you, that Jesus has blessed you in four areas. Again, I want you to look at verse 10. 1 Peter 5, 10. But the, gra- but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, now listen, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Looking back, you should see these four things. Before we come to the Lord's table today, let me use those four things that we should look back on and see how the Lord has blessed us and prepared us and grown us. First of all, Jesus, Peter says, will make you perfect. Well, none of us are perfect, that's for sure. Least of all, the guy behind the pulpit today. Maybe the two guys behind the pulpit today. But none of us are perfect. And yet today, Peter is saying God is in the process of of growing you and me toward his perfection. Actually, in the Bible, that's called sanctification. Every day, we're walking the walk and taking the journey that we become more like Jesus with every passing day. And the truth of the Bible is this. You and I should look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday and more like Jesus tomorrow than we did today. It's a pathway of growth that he is seeking to make us perfect and that every day we're to look more like his son, Jesus the Christ. All through life, we are a work in progress. All our life, we are to be walking the walk of Jesus, to be more like him every single day, growing to look like him, growing to live like him every day. You know, there's an old country song that says, I'm just an old chunk of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond one day. I heard country music fans in here. I'm going to be a diamond one day. Well, you know how a diamond is formed. It's formed under the pressures and the stresses of earth. And that's exactly what Peter is saying here. The pressures and the trials of life are used by God to purify us, to clarify us that we look more like Jesus every day, believing that we're going to be like him, and every day we're going to strive to grow in perfection we're going to strive to look and live more like Jesus in that perfection of being Christ-like the second thing Peter says he says 
the second quality that we look back on is establishment. We will be established in Christ. Now that word simply means when we get to our last lap of life and we look back on the legacy that we have left, when you look back at the progress of your life and what you've left behind in your life, what have you established as important in your life? What have you established as being the main goals of your life? I can tell you this, life established on money is wasted. Life established on fame will soon fade away. Life that's established on a big house will decay away. Life that's established on the shiniest car you can drive, that will rust away one day. All of those things, if you establish your life on any of those things, it's going to disappear. It's going to fade away. It's not going to be of any earthly, eternal value. Don't establish your life on things that are on the earth because they are going to be lost one day. But rather, Peter says, establish a godly faith and a godly character in your life. That's the legacy that we want to establish. That's what we want to leave behind. Leave behind deep footprints that your children and your grandchildren and your family and your circle of friends can follow your footprints to the Lord Jesus Christ. Even when we're off the scene, our footprints can still lead to Jesus as Savior. We establish that life, that that's the key to why we're living. We want to live for the Lord Jesus. So we don't write our lives on the sand of the earth, but rather we engrave our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. And we establish our lives in Him alone. Now, I want you to hear this, young people and young parents. Thankful for those who dedicated their children to the Lord today. But as I think about us as young people across the board, the sermon is for you. You know, you have many laps ahead of you. Praise God for the laps that are yet ahead of you. But listen, you don't build a legacy. You don't establish a lifestyle in the last few years of your life. It is a lifelong endeavor so now's the time, if you're a teenager, in your 20s, young parents, uh, establishing life, now is the time to begin establishing your legacy. Don't put it off to the senior years. Start now. For those of us who are in that senior section of life, we're to work on it every single day, establishing what is truly important, not just for us, but for those who surround us. Establish your life in the Lord Jesus Christ as a man or a woman of God, and build that throughout your life. Number three, the third quality that Peter gives is strength. You know, when a baby is born into a family, you celebrate the, the victories of that baby's life. You celebrate when that baby turns over. And then you celebrate when that baby crawls. And then you have a party when that baby walks. You know, all of the great milestones of life as they're gaining strength and, and getting to, to be able to walk. The natural course of human life is to get stronger. And the natural course of our spiritual lives is to be getting stronger. God celebrates when we get stronger in Him. When our faith is established in Him when we're strong, gaining strength in Him. And gaining spiritual strength is a lifelong journey. We get stronger in standing on the Word of God alone. We get stronger in standing in courage for our Savior alone. There is no compromise in life. We get stronger day by day. We're not blown around by the stupid things that happen in this world. 
but rather we stand on the strength of the Word of God alone. We get stronger as a witness for Christ, even inside our families. We're not ashamed of our Savior. We gain strength every day in standing on the Word and standing for our Savior. The fourth, the final thing that Peter says here, be settled. Settle into this life of the gospel and stay there. Settle into this life and don't move aside. Don't travel aside. Don't step to the right or to the left. Settle into the pathway of sanctification and growth and strength in the Lord Jesus Christ. Settle in there. Stay there. Don't move in any direction. No matter what trial or what persecution may come in life, stay there. Be settled with Jesus. Don't be drawn off course by any tangent. Be planted in Christ and grow there. You know, it's sad for me, and I've heard it over and over again. Personally, I've heard it in personal conversation. So many believers who just don't go to church or they're CEO believers, you know, Christmas, Easter, and other special occasions. But they're not constant. Or believers who drift from church to church looking for something that they will probably never find. Or Christians who will come to church and worship on a regular basis but never get involved in the ministry of the church. When God calls us to church, He calls it to be a church home, He calls it to be a church constant in our life, and He calls us not only to worship in that church but to minister through the outreach of that church. So it's important that we settle into that lifestyle. Be constant and settled in the church and be constant and settled in ministry through the church. That's Jesus' outreach arm into this lost and dying and hell-bound world is the ministry of His church. This is not our church. This is His church. He established the church. It belongs to Him. And we're members of the body of Christ as a part of the church. It is one of the greatest gifts of our lives. It's one of the greatest gifts that Gwen and I have in our life that this is our church home that we have people who love us and encourage us and stand by us, and we in turn want to do the same for you. Church is one of the greatest blessings of life. I feel sorry, especially for believers who don't understand that about church. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're with us by streaming. I'm, I'm grateful to know that we're church together and that we are worshiping together. My prayer is that we will seek to minister together. Be settled in ministry. You know, the two great servants of the Bible, Peter and Paul, were on the same wavelength here. Let me give you one more little passage of Scripture. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And this is the way Paul puts it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Paul says this, For the, call, for the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What is that day? That day when I see him face to face. When I have run my final lap. And of course, in this second letter of Timothy here, Paul is in his last lap as well. And he said, I have committed my life 100% to the Lord Jesus Christ. And praise God, he has committed himself to me 
that he will lead me, guide me, strengthen me through every step of my life. So Paul is saying, I've been with Jesus for the long haul, and he has never failed me. He has committed himself to me, and I in turn commit myself to him 100% against that day when I will see him face to face. We need to settle in and be the people of God that he has created us and he wants us, he desires us to be, that we are established in faith, that we're strengthening in faith, that we're growing toward perfection in Christ and that we've settled into this life and we're not moving from it. Nothing will move us from the life in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we come to the Lord's table, I pray that we can say, Lord, work on making me perfect day by day. So I look more like Jesus with every passing day. Strengthen me to live for you alone. Establish my life that my legacy is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And settle me into this life that I will not turn to the right or to the left. May that be our journey, church, in the year 2022 and beyond. And today, if you're here, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. If you've never come to him, let me say this. This one decision to ask him to be your Savior is the one eternal decision that you can make. You can make decisions throughout your life about houses and money and cars all of those things, but they're not eternal decisions. They're decisions that will be lost. They will fade away one day. But there is one decision that you and I can make that will be honored for eternity, and that's the decision to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The decision to say to him, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. All of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. But I believe that you went to the old rugged cross and died. You shed your blood for me so that I might have life everlasting. You walk from the grave that I might live with you for all eternity. Today, if you're here, come to this altar and receive him on this first Sunday of a brand new year and give the rest of your life to him. If you're listening online and you need him as your savior, you can do it right where you are. Come to your knees, bow your head, and simply pray for Jesus to take your life. You believe him, you know you need forgiveness, and you want to live for him as him being your Savior and your Lord living in your heart from this day forward. If you need him as your Savior, he's waiting for you to come to him. Uh, your walk in growing in Christ can begin this very day as you give your life to him. Church, God bless you as we begin a new year together. If you need a church home, the Lord needs to minister to you in some way of healing, he will meet us right here in this moment. Now I have a request of you. We're going to come to the Lord's table. Again, those of you who are streaming with us, if you came in a little later, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, and we invite you to uh, find some elements at your home and celebrate with us. A bite of bread, drink of juice, whatever uh, you can find to share with us in the Lord's Supper. Uh, and I'm grateful that we are here uh, to do that together in the church and across the world today. I want to lead you in a, a very brief devotion that I, that's attached to the sermon today. But I want you to take not the purple part, but the clear part on the very top and peel it back. If you pull the purple part back, you're going to be watching juice. So just the clear section, and there's a, there's a piece of bread under that. Have it, hold it up for me. All right, praise God. You know, when, when we think about the Lord's Supper, Jesus told us to remember. 
In fact, he told us to remember until he comes again. This is something that we do on a regular basis because this is the request of our Savior. But not only do we remember what he has done for us, but really this is a conversation about how we respond to what he's done for us by how we give to him. He's given us the greatest gift of life, forgiveness through the old rugged cross. That's what we remember through the Lord's Supper. But also we give in return to him. So I'm taking us to Hebrews 10 today. Uh, The Lord's Supper, we are thankful for what he did for us and it leads us to commit our lives in what we will do for him. What he's done for us, what we do for him. As we hold the bread, we certainly remember that his body was broken on the old rugged cross. According to scripture, not a bone was broken, uh, but his body was indeed broken by the cross. Pierced, suffering. I want you to hear Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 20. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Notice that it says he made a way for us through his body. He gave his body to the old rugged cross and he did something for you and me. He gave us the opportunity to be forgiven. He took our sin to that cross. Our sin laid on his shoulders when he died on that cross that you and I might be forgiven. He took our place. And so as we look at this little bite of bread, Jesus told us to remember what he did for us on the old rugged cross. May we never forget it, and may we live for him. May we eat all of it. Let's have just a moment of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for what you did for us. And you asked us, Lord, to remember. May we always be touched and humbled and awed by what Jesus did for us on the cross. In his name we pray. Amen. This cup represents his blood. His blood shed for us. But it also guides us in remembrance of what he did for us, and what we do for him. So I want you to listen again, Hebrews 10, continuing on verses 22 through 25. So Hebrews says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So, as we see the book of Hebrews, it says, let us be a church with hearts strengthened to do what the Lord calls us to do. Let us hold our profession and our commitment in Him that we stand for Jesus without wavering. We're established in that. Let us push each other and encourage each other to love and to ministry and we're going to settle into that life together as a church because of what Jesus did for us this is what we're going to do for him we're going to give our lives to him and we're going to serve him and we're going to minister for him and then the writer of Hebrews says never forsake gathering together 
never forsake being the church because there's a true strength in the body of Christ that you'll not find anywhere else in the entire world. That's what we'll do for him. So as we drink this juice, we praise God for his blood poured out for us and we commit to what we will do for him. Father God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for making us clean from our sins so that we could remember you in a service like this, Lord. Help us never to take the Lord's Supper service lightly. Yes. Help us, Father, always to remember what you did for us. You suffered beyond our understanding. Father, the blood that this juice represents is the most priceless liquid that has ever been created. And Father, we thank you that we are covered in it and we are protected uh, by it. And when we walk with it, Lord, and walk in it, that we are seen as clean by God. We are protected in the world. And we thank you, Father, for your blood. We praise you for it. Thank you, Father, for your willingness to shed it for us. Yeah. Father, as we walk out of this room in just a few minutes, Lord, help us to walk out renewed and re uh, strengthened, Father, that we can know that we walk with your presence and that we can trust you to guide us and lead us through whatever comes before us, Father. You have already been in the future, Lord, and you know what to do to take care of us. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.